Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode Ricky Rudd in the Tide Ride, number 10 of Loose Logs. I'm your host, Lauren Leach, once again, joined by Mark Allen. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Hi, buddy. Uh, number 10, I was thinking more like Danica. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, hey, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I thought about Danica as well, but went with the Tide Ride, such an iconic-looking paint uh, scheme on that car, and uh, he had some success in that ride as well. You know, Ricky Rudd, he's uh, the little bulldog. He was a he was a feisty little driver, and he was he was rather tough, especially when you got to tape your eyes open after you flip it at Daytona. You know, so yeah, that's a that's a good choice there for number ten. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, and uh, I always enjoyed watching whatever car the Tide sponsor was on. Just a beautiful car. Orange. Yep. It always was orange. Orange, blue, yellow. Yep. Well, uh, let's get into it here. We don't really have any information to pass along this time by just an episode to let us introduce ourselves, uh, let you into our lives a little bit to introduce ourselves. So, um, we are just big race fans and got involved in racing from a, from a young age and, have enjoyed it our pretty much our whole life. So, Mark, I'll I'll see you here. How did you get to like racing? And um, we'll start from early on. Early on, um, way I understand it, I was out at Apple Creek, that uh, used to be out of Gaming Speedway, out on Ballard Road way back in the day. And I was three weeks old, and they would put me in a baby buggy, and I would be on the on the front on the Front row, right, right above the flag stand. No hearing protection, huh? And uh, and you know, and uh, and we went every Thursday night. My dad really got into racing, and he loved going out to Apple Creek. And my mom would go, and my brother. And and uh, as I grew up out there, um, yeah, every year we went out there on a Thursday night. And as I got older, as long as I got a box of milk duds, you know, I was I was all right. And uh, we used to sit on top of the hill over by the, um, oh, oh, by the out. I guess you'd call it outhouse is what they had there, and we'd look over the top of the hill and we could actually watch the uh, pit crews working on their cars down in down in the pits, you know. So, and uh, yeah, I, I, and we we were out at uh, Apple Creek every Thursday night, and uh, that's how I started my career. Hey, how about you? Well, similar to you, I was pretty young. I was 10 months old out at uh, Wisconsin International Raceway at WIR, as we know it. And my uncle, Zuman, Randy Newman, raced, and my cousin, Rod Wheeler. So I was out there at 10 months old watching those guys wheel it around uh, the half mile. They started on the quarter mile and some dirt and maybe as well. But that's how, that's how I got involved in I just remember going out there on many Thursday nights and just couldn't get enough of it. Just would watch. Uh, even the fans would tell my mom they couldn't believe how well I behaved and just enjoyed it and just watched the cars go round and round. And I always told my mom I want to go out every Thursday, every Thursday. And unfortunately, we, we didn't or couldn't. And as soon as I got my license, I got it um, after the race season. I turned 16, so that following race season – up until last year when uh, my wife got pregnant and we had some issues with it, 
I had only missed one race out there since uh, that. And it was my graduation night, which I still went out to the pits and visited with the drivers after. So um, now I am uh, a co-announcer out there with Matt Panier, who in my mind is one of the best, if not the best in the business and started doing uh, some work for the Fox River Racing Club, did a little bit of race receiver work as well, and then eventually became the feature interviewer, which the role I'm in in today. So I always enjoyed racing, couldn't get enough of it, and that, that holds true today. Um, you mentioned Apple Creek, which I have a lot of people mention to me throughout the ever down in the pits and up in the stands. Was that a dirt track? No, that was one of the first blacktop tracks that were in the area. It was unique. It had a it had a um, a concrete wall on the front stretch, and on the back stretch it had a, a a sand bank, a big dirt bank, probably oh I'd say twenty thirty feet high. And if you came off a of turn two and you came too wide, and you touched that that bank, it would actually. Um, grab the car and it would take it up the hill and, and every once in a while somebody would go over the hill and the crick was on the back side. Um, it was a quarter mile. It was something um, like what the quarter mile is like a Kona, but it had more of a sweeping curve to it. Um, and the car count there was just amazing. It was, uh, um, it was, it was too bad that that place was really wasn't taken care of. The bleachers there were just, like you were scared about the bleachers. They, there was, um, <laughs> they were like very unsafe. I remember that they were always painted white, but they bowed so bad when you sat on them. Um, the, uh, the whole facility didn't, uh, get too much care. That was the thing about it was, is that it just, uh, um, there was, um, some vandalism, which actually ended up being its demise, after after it was all done and over with, but um, just some outstanding racing out there. They they would put twelve to sixteen cars in a feature out there every night, and um, any one of them could always win. And you know, and then my my brother he always rooted for Jerry Smith from Medina, you know, number seventy, and uh, and I was uh, Jerry Smith from Appleton, and well that became JJ Smith, and I followed JJ Smith's career all the way through his uh, yeah all the way through his career. That I just uh, thought the way J.J. Smith always raced was just uh, an awesome, awesome way to go. So, but uh, yeah, that that was Apple Creek, and then finally that closed in '74, and then finally that was its demise. But the main reason why Kakana was built, you know, because uh, um, there was a feud that was going on with, uh, I guess it was uh, Clyde Schumacher had something to do with it, and he had a he knew some uh, construction people um, with the Vandalics out there at Kakana, and they went out and they built a racetrack out there. And uh, then they had a half mile. The half mile was put up, and it was a dirt track, and they ran that on Saturday nights, um, the half mile. And that was pretty much because they were trying to uh, take some of the crowd from Shano. Shano was, you know, had the big crowd standing room only, and as you know, Shano is still standing to this day on a Saturday night. They're still the king out there. And um, um, they ran a few years with dirt on the half mile, but it uh, it was way too wicked and way too dangerous. I've seen too many cars go over the backstretch wall and end up on the drag strip back there. Um, and finally in 68, they finally paved that. So, 
So, um, what else do you remember your first races out at Kakana there, buddy? Yeah, I just remember uh, having a great time being with my grandmother would be taping the races and um, always enjoyed seeing my, my uncle and, and cousin racing. And there were some, you know, when you're younger, you always uh, relate things to what you see on TV. And I just remember there was a uh, DuPont Rainbow Warrior looking car um, who was actually um, um, Danny the Wild Man. And, uh, man, I just remember seeing that car and being like, man, that looks exactly what it looks like on TV with Jeff Gordon. And uh, that was Dan Graciani, and it was just stuff. But I just remember there was a lot of action in turn one and two. So we were kind of sitting in the action corner and just always hoping that people were right when things happened and just loved, just loved being there every, every time we were out there, just absolutely loved it. And then my all time favorite going down on the pits, getting a checkered flag ding near every time we were there and getting it signed by all the drivers and seeing them talk to you and, you know, wanting you to see you out there every week. It was, it's just an enjoyment thing. And you get to know these people and root for them on the track. It's, it was just an enjoy. I mean, growing up in it, it's just something special that uh, I'll have with me forever. You know, and uh, it's it's nice that drivers realize that you know once when the kids go down there, and we see this still today. Today, you know, they come down there and they get to meet their driver, you know, and get a get an autograph like that. You know, you'll remember. They don't. You don't know how big that is that uh, that the drivers do that of how children will remember that. Like, hey, I, I can go up and I can touch a hot race tire, you know, just like back in the day it was just like you go put your hand on the tire and see if, if it would burn your hand because, you know, the tire was so hot. And uh, and you can just stand back and you just watch the children. And, uh, you know, that children are the biggest investment to racing, you know, and as, as long as uh, race facilities cater to, to, uh, to children, you know, we'll keep that sport alive. It's uh, it's it's definitely the the um, the best sport that I like is local racing and how it's involved with the people that run it. Um, you know, I run I run down on the pitch just as fast as a kid will now these days too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you're absolutely right. The investment in the future of the sport is huge, and to get those few people that go down there and talk to the drivers that's something that they remember you still remember as a kid I still remember as a kid you know all the drivers out there today remember being that kid and meeting their idol and it's it's undescribable when you're able to do that and get up close especially at the local level I mean it's 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 awesome it's it's just awesome and something that you take with you your whole life and remember and um, it's awesome that all of the drivers are welcoming they all realize it, you know, they, they wouldn't be there without the fans. Yeah, absolutely. You, you bet. That is, that is so huge. And it's, and it's great that, that all facilities that I know of actually uh, cater to that. And uh, yeah, that's what keeps the, that's what keeps the sport going. Absolutely. So you mentioned WIR getting paved. What do you remember from the early days of that being paved? And then where did you also travel as you were growing up? Well, you know, we got away from Apple Creek and, uh, you know, my dad, my dad was good friends with Gordy, Gordy Bumgart, you know, 
And, you know, the Bumgard boys, and they're still on Wisconsin Avenue there in Appleton. And I remember my, my dad would go down and he talked to Gordy. He actually knew him personally. I don't know if they were good friends. I'm not sure. You know, and as their other kids were running around the shop down there and, and you know, they're running it there. I've never been back to, to Bumgard's over there. But um, eventually that got away from um, going going out there. But, you know, um, all of a sudden we, we were going out to Kakana in the first years. And the first, first year the um, they, they had this number 99 car that came out and he had the, the TP supper club, uh, Ford Fairlane and they would actually make him start last, you know, Dick trickle, you know, and I, there's, that is my ultimate hero. You know, Dick trickle was just, uh, um, a fan favorite. If you wanted to see where Dick was, everybody after the pits always went to go, go see Dick down at the pits. And they would put a bounty out on him way back in the day. They put a bounty out on him, and they'd make him start last no matter what. And you'd watch him go down the backstretch, and he'd be passing like four cars on the outside. And, every, you know, everybody always thought the inside way was the only way to go, and he would run that outside groove and, and you know, be like a 40-lap feature. And um, he would just spank them. And uh, he always had one rival that was really tough, and he drove a 67 Chevelle out there. His name was Gene Marmer. He was from Illinois, and he was spectacular. That was that was one of Big Dick's, one of biggest uh, rivals that were out there. When I, we were going out to uh, the specials out at Kakana, but I, you know, my dad was nice enough to give me 50 cents every time when we walked in the gate that there, there was somebody there selling Midwest Racing News or Checker Flag Racing News. You know, you can't get me to read my do my homework in English and everything like, but I'll tell you what, I, uh, I read that paper and we used to see all the pictures up from Shano and look, look, look at the action track that's up at Shano. Well, when my dad got a, they got a camper, my mom and dad. And so they, so they decided to start camping in the Shano area and we'd go up and we'd go to Shano every Saturday night. Well, a lot of the Fox river racing club guys like uh, JJ and Jerry Smith and Dave Conger you know, all them guys all went up to uh, went up to the Shano track up there. Well, them guys up there were they always drove fifty seven Pontiacs up there, and uh, the Fox River Racing Club was always good with the fifty seven Chevys. Well, they they had their sporadic coupes that were around, you know. But when they went up to Shano, those guys up there actually defended their territory. And um, the first year that I remember, JJ Smith went up there with a a Brevac. 69 Torino fastback and it had fenders on it back in the day they didn't have no fenders they just have the the straight pipes coming out of the front end with no front fenders on them loud as hell but uh really cool and they went up there and he beat the track record like a second and a half and you could just see in the crowd you know and I, I must have been about nine or ten years old but you could just tell the people just kind of like what is this and why is this here and why is this changing? That was the beginning of the, the change of racing and dirt racing. Well, then, you know, it, it became a, eventually some of those guys actually turned their cars into what you would call a late model, you know, and then they would try to keep up. But Jerry, Jerry Smith and J.J. Smith went up to Shano onto their turf and they just spanked their ass up there. But, uh, Great racing. It eventually became 
it became 20 guys were out on a out on the feature and anybody could win that night and it was just super racing that was up there yeah shano is uh shano is a very favorite of my track uh, one of my tracks if i live closer i'd be there every saturday night for sure you know, you mentioned J.J. Smith, and one thing that uh, goes into my family history about racing, too, was um, Al Pate and Fred Pate owned cars initially, and then my great-uncle Gene Wheeler did as well. And J.J. Smith was one of the drivers for for, for sure, Gene, if not uh, the others. And my family to this day, they still love JJ Smith and what a, what a great guy I have nothing but good things to say about him. Always enjoyed rooting for him, a guy that could go anywhere and win. Uh, I was fortunate to see JJ Smith at the end of his career race and uh, he was still, still good. And um, you know, you, you look back at that and you're just like, man, that guy raced for many years and was just a legend. And I got to see him, him race. And then you find out that he, he actually drove for your family and stuff like that. Um, man, it's cool to see um, and hear the stories about him from your perspective and other people's perspective as well. You know, he uh, Al Pape uh, built him a car to run USAC down in Milwaukee. And, you know, and you go there on a Thursday night and your favorite isn't there, you know, because he's racing big time down in Milwaukee trying to make a go of it. And, you know, thinking selfishly, I, I was uh, just like, well, this is a drag. You know, my favorite driver's gone. And, and why, why is he not here no more, you know? But he was actually uh, trying to get his feet wet, trying to go into USAC and racing down in Milwaukee. It didn't work out for him, you know, um, at that time. And then finally he fell in and went up to Shano. And uh, he was <laughs> doggone if he wasn't a, one of the greatest dirt racers I've seen. Just like I couldn't believe how you could slide a car around the corner and the dirt flying over the guardrail and just hammering on it and just like, you know, and that that was just super racing back then. Man, that brings back a lot of memories. I don't get to too many dirt tracks over the year with everything I'm involved with on the pavement side and going to see some of the drivers that we know personally go race on the asphalt side. But Shano is one that I've been to multiple times, and it always provides good racing. Yeah, back in the day, you know, you could uh, you could go to De Pere on Friday night. You could go to Shano on Saturday night. You could go to Seymour on Sunday night. Oshkosh had their racing going on on Tuesday. You know, the quarter mile at Kakana used to be on Wednesday nights for, for a little while and then with Apple Creek. So at the time, you could go racing six nights a week. And what, my brother, he's eight years older than I was, so when he got his license, I don't know if he worked a deal out with my mom and dad to say, hey, get this kid out of our hair. And take them right, and my brother would actually take me racing, you know. So that was kind of cool, and you know, didn't have to worry about me. I was always well behaved because I was paying attention to what was going on on the track, you know. You were probably better behaved back then than you are now. Well, yeah, I guess you could probably say that. You know, I haven't been thrown. I haven't been thrown out yet. I got close one night, but uh, that was. Uh, you know, that was for a beer and it's amazing what I'll do for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you went racing, uh, from your little on and it's cool to hear that. So as you got older and started to, you know, experience things, move away a little bit, tell us a little bit more about, um, how we got to today and your experiences with racing and sports in general, I guess. 
You know, I, I ended up joining the Navy, you know, and those were the, back in the late 70s, 79, 80. That was really some good racing that was going on around here. And I kind of got away from racing around this area. Um, I, I was stationed in Pensacola, and it just so happens that I knew that the Snowball Derby was going on down there. But every time that that race was on, we were always out to sea. We went, uh, we, we'd go out to sea for a week and a half, and we'd be in port for three weeks, and that was our schedule. But every time that the Snowball was going on, I never got to uh, actually watch the Snowball Derby. And so, you know, that was back in the early 80s. I came back, and then um, had a hard time getting employment around here, so I ended up moving down to Milwaukee. And I lived in Milwaukee, and I used to go to Hills Corners on Saturday night. You want to talk about a, a bull ring there that would have a just car count. And it, it's such a shame of what happened to that racetrack down there. It's a, you know, it was there was a, a Ford dealership that was right across the street. And if the wind was just right, you know, them cars just you couldn't tell the color. Well, the car, the color of the cars were all brown because it was just wiped out with all the dust. They never really watered that track down. And, and if, if you had a south wind and you were sitting in the bleachers, you knew you were going to eat dirt that night. I mean, the dirt would just absolutely spray you, especially if you're sitting in turn one. You know, it can't get no better than that. <laughs> you, you'd be going home and you'd be chewing on your teeth going, wow, I got a lot of dirt in my mouth. You know, and <laughs> But uh, Hills Corners was, was a really cool place. And then finally that went away. Um, I finally got to move back to the Valley area here and I used to, always went out to, um, the, um, the Dixieland, the Dixieland Tuesday night. I ended up working one thirty to nine thirty all the time at, in the afternoon. So I never got to get out to the races. So for the longest time, I actually got away from it for a while. Um, knew it was there, went to the specials all the time here and there, but, uh, finally in 2000, I'd say about 2008, somewhere around that area, all of a sudden um, I got more serious about going out to Kakana because I missed it so much. And um, yeah, now that I go, I don't, I don't try to miss a race um, out at Kakana very often. Um, you don't, very often you don't see me out there. So, yeah. Did you say 2008? So, that's about right. Yeah, maybe maybe even before that, 2006, because where I'm working at now, I finally got off that schedule. So, yeah, yeah, I would say so. You know, I uh, the first time that I met my wife, I, I took her out there, and uh, um, that was a night that uh, Johnny Ziegler, you know, there's a name from the past. He, uh, he parked his car up in turn two and caused a caution and, and uh, <laughs> he let trickle catch up to Richie Bickle and, uh, and they ended up destroying that race. And the first night I walked out of there and I was just so upset. I was just like, they ruined that race, that, that race. And my wife couldn't understand. Well, girlfriend at the time couldn't understand why I was just so upset about the way the race was. And, and when the race was done, it took them till two, three o'clock the next morning to decide how that worked. There was a caution that came out during uh, half the people, half the people uh, 
already pitted, and then a caution came out, and scoring got absolutely screwed up on there. And I paid attention to that, and I think she finally realized that I use all races as a storyline. You know, there's when there's 24 cars out there, there's 24 stories that are going on at the same time. And that's the way I watch racing, um, you know. So, yeah, good news on that there, too. Yeah, I was a little surprised to hear 2008 because I probably met you in 2008 and didn't realize that you had been out of the scene around WIR for a little while. Until then, I started going um, every week in 2007, that would have been. So I would have met you shortly after I started going every week or was able to go every week. So that just caught me off guard there. I didn't realize that something, yeah, you know, we learn about each other on this too, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, there was a, a lull in the nineties that I, I never was out at the racetrack in the nineties, except for maybe the Midwest, uh, the, the Dixieland. I'd go out there for the Dixieland and I'd watch that. But as for a Thursday night show, um, no, I really wasn't out there during that time. So a lot of these outlaw drivers like Rick Spoo and uh, um, who else is all racing on the quarter mile on these outlaw series, these guys are all coming back, you know, and, and all those drivers were racing, and I um, I never really uh, watched them race. Uh, I very seldom ro- seen Rod Wheeler run, you know, mm. so – yeah, so there was there was a lull in my my career where I got away from it for a little bit. Sure. Um, so the '90s and 2000s into today were were my heyday. So um, just thinking back of all the memories, like you were saying too, I just remember being probably about six or seven, and my grandparents telling me that, "Hey, Matt Kenseth, who was running around here, I think he's a two-time champion for the Fox River Racing Club." he's going to go to NASCAR. And I, I remember I was only six or seven, but I looked back at my grandma. I said, I know he's good, but is he, is he that good? And I sure did find out how good he is because uh, he was one of my favorite drivers out there watching. He was always competitive. If uh, my uncle or second cousin would win, usually I would look at him, but I remember like uh, Bobby McDonald out there, Jim Weber, um, Benjamin Brinkman, um, man, I could go on and on and really think about some drivers there, Randy Rasmussen. And the thing I really don't remember is the late models being on the quarter mile. I remember that they were, but I just remember I was friends with Ben Carpenter, whose father is Doug Carpenter, and he was racing in the late model series, not the super late models. And it was a big deal when they moved those up to the half mile. And I remember some drivers didn't go with the, with the club and go up to the half mile, they decided to do something different or hang up the helmet. And just thinking back on all those memories that you grew up on and sometimes forget about it's, it's great looking back. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of times a quarter mile that they wanted to go to the half mile. And it was just too fast for them. You know, so, you know, some people uh, don't want to go that fast out there. Yeah. You know, I, as a fan, love seeing two divisions on the half mile. I don't know how you feel about it, but I I love it. Yeah, it's unique. A lot of tracks don't have a quarter and a half mile. Um, right now, my feelings are there's probably too many out there right now. Um, you know, and I see sometimes they, every other week they're running this and that, and they're making it work. 
But when you got too many series going all at once, that's just like, you know, I grew up back in the day, it was one or two series, you know, quarter mile, half mile. And that, and that, that was it. But, but it is what it is, you know, um, uh, we should be very fortunate of what we have out there. It's got to be one of the best shows that's run in this country. And the best part is they run it on a Thursday night of all things, you know, everybody fights all for the weekend nights, you know, and uh, it just so happens a Thursday night and it's always worked out that way. Um, yeah. We should be thankful for what we got. Yeah. I get some questions sometimes of why Thursday night, but that's exactly it. You, you run into other situations that are running Friday, Saturdays, even Sunday. And so they kind of stand alone on a Thursday, which, you know, sometimes Friday morning can be a little rough if you're out there late, but uh, it's one of the best shows out there. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And that's why they do it. And I think that gives fans opportunities to, to catch races out there. Um, going back to kind of my story there. So, as I mentioned, I, I got involved with the race club, one of the announcers out there. So I ended up in 2008 going to college and knew I wanted to do sports. I wanted to race, actually. Growing up, I actually wanted to race. But I knew financially it's just a hard thing to do and you have to really fight and claw and do it. And growing up, I just didn't have the means to do it, so I never got into it. But I knew I wanted to be involved in some capacity. So I knew I, I just love all sports. Went to college for uh, to be a sports broadcaster, didn't finish, but I actually found different ways to get involved. So racing, I ran into Matt Pannier in the pits one time, just asked him, Hey, can I come up now? We're here today where I'm a co-announcer with them feature interview. And then during that time I was working with this Wisconsin timber rattlers and my, one of the, um, people that worked there asked my boss and said, Hey, do you know anyone that who would like to announce? I play some hockey up in De Pere. Speaking of the De Pere raceway, Right on the fairgrounds there, there's a hockey arena, the De Pere Ice Arena, and the De Pere Deacons play there. So I actually announced for De Pere Deacons hockey in the Apton area. They have the Fox Cities Ice Dogs, same league. They're big rivals. So I got involved that way too. And then I announced for Kimberly Storm football back uh, probably in about 2010, somewhere around there. Um, Josh Young and, and the Slingers, they ran that team and was fortunate to be asked to – do that too. So that's part of my story as well. But looking back at all that, that's kind of a crazy time. It was, you know, to me, so great in the racing community to get involved in, in that time. And then to see that all that other stuff was happening too. It's kind of a whirlwind to look back. So now I know that you got a family now, you know, but uh, are you thinking about any other, uh, any other announcings out there? Or are you just going to just stay with the Kakana Thursday night show? I'm always open to, to anything. Um, nothing has come up as, uh, as of right now, but I would love to get involved in something else and actually make a career out of it. That's, that's my end goal. Um, so that's kind of why I started this, you know, back when I got involved with the club back in 2009, I wanted to see if we could do some kind of radio show or some kind of thing where podcasts weren't a thing just yet. And, do it for the club and nothing really came about. Couldn't get anything to work to have a station pick you up was really, is really difficult. And then uh, Andy Monday, Matt Panier and Dan Strong, they do the Fox River racing club podcast. They came up with this podcast idea. I think Andy Monday initiated this idea and it was like, man, maybe we should do a podcast. Maybe I should get into that business. And 
I have a hard time sometimes talking about myself. So I kind of dragged my feet for, for quite a while on it. And I thought, you know what, let's just do it because if we don't do it, then we'll never know. And at the end of the day, if I'm just having fun with some good buddies like you, Mark, that's all that matters. So that's how, that's how it goes. But, but to answer your question again, yeah, I'm absolutely open to, to doing that and would love to make a career out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, when's the first time you went to a NASCAR race? The first NASCAR race I went to, believe it or not, is uh, when you and I went to Iowa in 2012. That's the first NASCAR race I've been to. So um, that was the greatest night of year. That was your greatest weekend of your life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll start the story and then I'll let you finish it. Um, <laughs> the uh, it was the ASA Midwest Tour back then. Now the ARCA Midwest Tour, and they were running a Friday night show at the Iowa Speedway. And we knew Andy Monday from being in here and Mark and I got talking and said, Hey, why don't we, why don't we go down there? We heard good things about it. So let's, let's head down there. All right. Well, Hey, let's stay for the truck race on, on Saturday as well. And so you and I went down there and it was a great night, Friday night. Um, I remember Andy qualifying. I think he qualified fifth. Um, and yeah, had, that's about right. Fourth, fifth, yeah, 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 they had some. The throttle was hanging on his car a little bit, and we'll have to get him on here. But uh, I think the hood was coming back on and creating the throttle body to stick somehow. But anyway, so then that was a great night. Saturday night, the trucks were Ryan Blaney got his first truck series win on that Saturday. That was pretty cool to see. And then all of a sudden, Sunday popped up and said, Hey, why don't we run into Chicago for the first? playoff race of 2012 and go to Chicago on our way home. Well, hell, why don't we do it? So then, so then we do that, but I'll let you uh, go on that story and, and share that from your perspective. Yeah. You slept all the way to get back over to Joliet, but Hey, we did not have a beer Saturday night at the truck race, <laughs> you know? So we kind of, we kind of had a, had a night over there in Colfax at a, at a hotel out there and, and Andy's mom came up with the best idea uh, that we should all party down in the lobby and not in our hotel rooms. And that was probably the best idea. Well, we ended up sitting down in the, the lobby till like 3.30 in the morning. And we had this awesome uh, pyramid of cans on the, on the, <laughs> on the mantle there. And uh, we, we took a vote of why I was going to cook brats that early in the morning. And so yeah, it was a it was a major blowout. There was there was other race teams that were there too, so we got to um, hang out with a lot of people on that one. So yeah, that was a fun weekend. We got over to, we got over to Joliet on a Sunday, and uh, um, there was just so much that was going on at the time uh, when we got there. Uh, got to take in a little bit of that. I remember when they fired that motor up? Then we were standing next to it, and they fired that car up, and. <laughs> Oh my God! I would shake the fillings right out of you. I just unbelievably loved. Um, we, uh, yeah, you kept talking to me, and trying to say, "Hey, you need some headphones, you, you know." And I just, I'll tough it out, you know. Because back in the day when I went to Michigan, and uh, they had left side exhaust, you know, and that, that was not a big deal, you know. But now um, they have right side exhaust, so that is just blasting at you and. We started watching that race, and you know, I was at what were we at? Like the second of the top row of the That's of right. the stands, and and by lap twenty, lap twenty nine, my ears were bleeding. I mean, oh my <laughs> god, it was just 
horrible. It's probably probably one of the last times you'll ever see me at a racetrack without headphones on. Um, to the, to this day, you know, I'm always I wear a radio and stuff, and uh, even if I don't have a radio, I've got hearing protection on. That was a hard lesson to learn. Uh, trying to come back uh, through Chicago that night and couldn't hardly even listen to the radio on the way home because uh, that was loud. Um, we did the best thing we ever did in Chicago once we got out in the parking lot and people were all trying to fight to get out of that place. And you and me just pulled up a lawn chair and got the grill out and we made some chetties, you know, and people are pointing at us saying, hey, there's the idea. Well, you, you think, you know. And uh, just kind of sit back and just uh, watch everybody else try to fight to get traffic out of there. But uh, yeah, that was a good experience. What a that was a good weekend. Other than my son being born now, that was probably and and my wedding day. Other than that, that was the greatest weekend of my life. I mean, it just went from Friday night racing to hanging out in the hotel. And if you remember the uh, Weinkoff crew, some of them came through and and had a few beers with us in the lobby as, as well. Um, and then going to the Saturday night race, and I remember we walked on there, and I was like, I'm only 22, and I'm like, Mark, hey, you, hey, you want a beer? And I just remember that might be the only time that you've ever denied a beer when I've asked if you wanted one. And I was like, wow, this, <laughs> this is amazing. I was like, well, maybe we'll get one later. And, yeah, we never had another sip of alcohol. I just – I just wanted to remember the the evening. <laughs> so, but uh, they had that simulator that was there, and you just wanted to hammer that simulator. You wanted to win that trophy, and uh, where is that trophy? Yeah, so uh, I ended up winning. It wasn't an iRacing simulator, but it was another simulator that actually moved around and, and everything, and what they did is the top three laps throughout the whole weekend down in Iowa would get an opportunity to win a trophy, and and take it home on Saturday night after the truck race. So me and another guy showed up to third place driver did not. And it was whoever has the fastest lap and could pass the most cars. Well, I ended up winning and that trophy is down in my basement down um, by the simulator to this day. And, you know, it was just something it's kind of, it's, it's not, it's stupid to some people, you know, some people are like, why would you spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks on 20 bucks on doing the similar, but it was an experience. And to, to say I did that being a race fan and all that, it was just a, uh, just a good time. And what, what a weekend that was, that's a weekend I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I'm just happy that you and I met back in the late two thousands and we go racing all over and it's just been a, just been a good ride, good fun ride. Yeah, well, we went back to Iowa one more time. You know, we uh, we took our ladies with us, and and uh, and they had, I believe, they had a really great weekend. My my wife was walking around with her wristband for two weeks. I go, uh, <laughs> are you going to take that off soon or whatever? And she was amazed that she just thought we were just going to go at a race and just sit at sit down and just watch a race, but found out that there's just so much other things to do. You know, and there was that concert that was after Friday night and everything. And, and it was just a super. The weather was perfect. Everything was perfect that weekend. And yeah, we had a we had a blast. We went down to downtown uh, Newton. You know, just just to go downtown Newton, Iowa, and just go through their square and go through their stores and meet the people and stuff like that, and find out you get a whole bunch of Midwest hospitality there. And and uh, hey, if they clear this up, you know, and get us to race, uh, 
I'd like to go back and watch Ty, uh, Ty Majeski run uh, the truck on when they're at Iowa, and that's June, uh, I think June 13th, 14th that weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm, I want to get back to Iowa. I, I think that is the greatest place that you can watch a race. Yeah, I haven't been to too many tracks, but it's a favorite of mine for sure. We've had two good weekends down there. They always have stuff to do, great hospitality, just an awesome track. I mean, some great racing, two-lane track down there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, let me go back a little bit and ask you, what was your first NASCAR race, Mark? My first race, we went to Michigan. Me and um, when I when I lived down in Milwaukee, uh, I I got a friend down there that uh, you know he's a he was a big time yeah. Dale Earnhardt fan, and uh, and I was you know, naturally Bill Elliott fan, so we were rivals, and we would always bet all the time. And but we ended up going going to Michigan, and we got a camp. We ended up in a campground about five miles west of the of the uh, racetrack on highway 12 and they give you a campsite that hardly fits two vehicles on it. Okay. And they pack you in there really tight. And we had, we had a tent or two tents like that. And we set it all up and, and this whole campground was all packed like this. And these people would come from all over the country and they'd put their flags up and they'd wear their colors and you could just, walk around that this campground and uh and you know go from one campsite to the next and stop and they'd see your colors you know you're wearing your your i'm wearing my bill elliott stuff you know they stop and oh hey man you know you're bill elliott man cool you know and then, you know and you, you would just reminisce about racing talk about a cool atmosphere i mean that was just spectacular but yeah i ended up going to michigan i believe i've been to michigan like five or six times and every time I went there they you didn't get a caution till like about lap 140 you know they, they'd fire them off and just like it, it would be a grueling long race as you're sitting there getting sunburn and no breaks um, Michigan to me became for a while there became such a boring place to go watch a race and so a friend of mine I said, we got to go to Daytona, you know, and finally I went and got, got tickets and, uh, and I went down 1990. We went to uh, the Daytona 500 and that was the race where Dale Earnhardt uh, was going into and naturally um, thinking that Dale Earnhardt was going to win that race. And uh, in turn three, he ran over some debris and he cut a tire and Derek Cope won and nobody knew who Derek Cope was. Everybody's just kind of like, who's that? And I still remember this lady. I told you this story. This lady in front of me, she, uh, she all of a sudden, she just started bawling. She just like, she had all her Earnhardt gear on, and I was so happy that Dale didn't win. And, and, I, and I said to her, anybody but Earnhardt, baby. And her, her, her husband kind of took exception to that. But then he realized he saw how big I was <laughs> compared to him, and he just kind of figured he wasn't going to uh, go there. And uh, so ended up staying in Daytona, um, went to a lot of racing bars that were down there. Um, and after the race was over, it was a ghost town. And you and I got to spend a little time at Daytona. It was, it was on the off-season, but you got a little bit of the flavor of Daytona. Uh, we got to see a little test there. Uh, when the IMSA cars were there and we went to the, uh, you know, the museum and all that. So 
Um, we got to have it on the bucket list that we need to go back for, for speed weeks and experience that. Experience yeah, that's that definitely on my bucket list to do with you. Speed weeks for sure. Snowball Derby again, for sure. Speaking of big events, name a couple of the bigger events you've been to and what's been your favorite. Um, well, the Daytona 500 was huge. I loved going to Talladega. I went to the Talladega 500 down there, and uh, back then they didn't really fence it off, so you could actually stand right up against the fence as they're coming around, and uh, it would blow your hat 100 yards off your head. Also, <laughs> and it would just be a blur. And Talladega, and and once again, it's just beautiful countryside there. Um, even my wife said, Hey, we should take the camper. Now this was her. She just came up and just said, we should take the camper and go into the infield because I hear that's a good time. And I'm going, <laughs> are you kidding me? And, uh, I got a coworker that just came up to me, uh, the other day and says, Hey, my buddy's got a camper and he's going to get tickets for the infield for Talladega. And I just like, I gotta do that. And I definitely gotta do that. Um, Otherwise, um, yeah, Talladega was great. Iowa, um, with you, that was super. That was uh, both times. That was really great. Um, I've hit Milwaukee a few times. When I lived in Milwaukee and uh, back then when the IndyCar was still running there, um, we used to go down. <laughs> we used to really party it up down there. And then afterwards, when the races were over, we just go walk to a local bar. You know, they're kind of like every, every block's got one down there. And mostly around State Fair, um, they're all racing bars. And so that you could actually get in there and, you know, and talk racing and, and live the dream down there. So, yeah, that's all my highlights that I've been to. Yeah, so mine, um, you know, I always enjoy the Slinger Nationals, Dixieland. You've mentioned, mentioned that before. Um, Iowa, like I said, was one of the best weekends of my life. Chicagoland was the same weekend there the first time. Um Milwaukee. I never made it to a car race at Milwaukee. That was always my dream because that's like our Daytona up here. And, but I didn't make it to the super late model races there. I've only missed one this past year. And uh, that's a favorite of mine. I would love to see NASCAR come back and at least do one race there. So I could say I, I seen them there. Um, <clears throat> Snowball Derby for me sticks out. Uh, we went to the 50th annual Snowball Derby together. And you mentioned Daytona. We did the tour and all that down there. I've not been to race in Daytona, but that whole week and a half, two weeks was spectacular. I would rank, I would rank the the Iowa 2012 and the snow and the 50th annual Snowball Derby in Daytona two weeks as my favorites. And I look forward to going to a Daytona 500. Hopefully, we can do that together. The Speed Weeks deal. Look forward to going back to the Snowball Derby. That's spectacular. The Snowball Derby, I should mention, is there are so many legends walking around that place. We walked into Phil Parsons, Tony Erie Sr., Tony Erie Jr., um, the Burton Gang. I mean, there's just people crawling there that are just legends. Chase Elliott and Bill Elliott were there on Sunday. We didn't run into them, but they were there. Yeah. Full yeah, Full, who's, who, Red Farmer, an 85-year-old. How are you, Red? Oh, I'm full throttle, man. I was like, oh, 
Oh, yeah, it's easy that. to access, and people are just glad to be there and bl- glad to be around the fans. It's nothing like I've I've seen, and like we've mentioned, growing up and all that. Drivers are great around here, but just to have all the legends in one place and be so accessible and so nice to fans, it's unbelievable. Look forward to going to Speed Weeks with you, another Snowball Derby. I'd like to do Talladega, Martinsville, Bristol. Um, those are the top top on my list. Actually, one that uh, people don't often mention, but probably should, Dover. I would love to do a Dover trip. Yeah, Dover would be okay. Martinsville would be on the list. A lot of people say, you've never been to Bristol, never been to Thunder Valley. And I, I just never got it lined up. It's been close. I've had close to having tickets and not being off of work. Then I've been off of work and I can't get tickets. And there's been many times that I've almost ended up at Bristol. Um, I wouldn't mind end up going to Charlotte. Uh, Darlington would be a would be a, a good one. And maybe sit on uh, yes. Rattlesnake Hill in Phoenix. That would be a good one too. You know that that would be another one I would. Phoenix mind going is on my to. list as well. Um, I think that would that would be a good time. And and sitting on Rattlesnake Hill, I would feel like that would be a heck of an experience. You know, but uh, yeah, until you brought up uh, Snowball Derby, I was saying, yeah, you know that that's in my top two, top three, also. And uh, you know, now I made it a habit that I go out to uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah. You know, out in lacrosse. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, get all the locals that come over from over here. You know, Kakana and, and uh, Eastern Wisconsin. You know, down down at uh, um, at Slinger, and we see a lot of those people over there. And you set up the camper and you put your keys away, and you just have a great time. And you might have to <laughs> hang out at the Flamingo one night. You know, if you're ever out there, you gotta at least give that a shot. That's <laughs> that's quite unique, but it's all in great fun, and it's just a party atmosphere. Usually that kind of ends the season out there. Um, this year, I don't know. I've, I'm hearing that we might be racing into November this year to make up for some of the lost time that we've got right now. So uh, who knows? Um, and get some uh, get some warm woolies out, and instead of drinking beer, drink uh, hot yeah. chocolate, and we'll go racing yeah, in November. I'm all for that. Um, you know, speaking of Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest is up there for me as well. I don't know how we for both forgot to mention that our first time around. But Oktoberfest, you drive out there and you see the colors changing. Then you get there, you're surrounded by race fans, especially if you camp. And then you have four days of straight racing and it's good, good racing. And then you hang out with uh, fans at the at the pavilion with the band. You drink a little bit. You can go to the Flamingo. You can go across the street to the bowling alley and restaurant and run into everyone. That is a spectacular event that everyone should be looking to go into around the country. Um, I would list Dixieland, Slinger Nationals, Lacrosse um, for October. Um, up there with with all the great ones, Snowball Derby. It's uh, man, those races are are quite the experience, and just man, you make your. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you really think about what we all have here, it's uh, we should be thankful for what we got. You know, we, we've hardly touched on Road America. I mean, we've done ARCA there. Or, um, we did um, uh, NASCAR at the uh, at Road America, you know, and then one day we went down there for that 
um, that benefit for uh, yep. Wilson, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Justin Wilson. Um, and we, uh, we, we, yep, and we, uh, and we sat and had a picnic, and we could drive anywhere we want, and we watched indie testing all day, and you know that was just <laughs> just a day on a whim, just to go down there and hang out at their park like that, and it was just uh, I'll always remember yeah, that too. We've never even touched on Road America. Now that you now that you say it, I mean we've been to the Xfinity races there, rain, shine. Um, we've been to IndyCar at Milwaukee together a few years ago. Um, I've been IndyCar at Road America. That's a heck of an event as well. Um, but you're right. We should just be thankful. And, and I know you and I always try to be thankful for, for what we have. And sometimes, you know, everyone has their bad days, but when you really think about it, like you said, we are so fortunate for what we have and to be able to enjoy something that we have so much passion for is uh is just awesome and i look forward to going to Rome america this year actually yeah, yeah that's every, on my schedule you know i never sure. knew yeah. if i would like road america and you and i went down there for that first time and i couldn't get enough of it i mean they have tvs if you're you can move around wherever you want they have tvs to watch if you're stationed somewhere and can't see them uh come down right right at that moment um, just spectacular. And then that benefit for Justin Wilson, that IndyCar practice. So that was before the IndyCars came back the first year, which I attended as well. And like you said, you could go anywhere. And we ran into, I have pictures with Will Power, Graham Rahal. I talked to Scott Dixon, who won his fifth championship, I think it was, just a week, weekend beforehand. I mean, that, I'm so glad we went to that because again, the access was awesome and, and just seeing the race fans, just having a good time. That's something that'll hold with me as well. You know, the stuff and all the memories have, it's, it's incredible. We could go on for days. You know, that's why they call you Hawkeye though. All of a sudden, Hey, look, there's a uh, so-and-so. Yeah. Right. I was like, well, sure yeah, enough. Jeff you know? <laughs> and that's happened many, many times where you actually will spot somebody and then we end up mingling with those, you know, Jeff Bodine was the one down at the, that I remember like, Hey, there's Jeff Bodine. Yeah. Right. Get real. Also, holy smokes. Next thing you know, we, <laughs> you and I were sitting there chatting with him and, he had a car that was there that ended up going into the sandbank and and kind of crushed his car for the weekend. But still, he uh, you know that was just awesome that we could actually. Yeah, he was involved with the Crawls, Crosley team, and I don't know who was driving that car. If I was guessing, it would have been Bola Mastis, who was higher up with the Crosley team. Um, but yeah, that was one I remember. Matt Kenseth after he won Bristol madison and i was like hey there's matt yeah right oh there he is um but you know just be on the lookout because you know what you just can't be afraid to approach people they'll they'll talk to you about anything so just don't be afraid to reach out to anyone yes 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 that's for sure yep and then uh so now so now uh you know i i got myself a phone you know one day and and I said, well, hey, watch this. Uh, you know, it's one of these. I'll pick my pick my camera up. You know, back in the day, ESPN would be watching a race, and it would be kind of, well, it's going on and on. And so then they would turn the camera on to, let's say, 12th and 13th place because there's a battle going on. And as soon as they put the camera on them, bang, there would be uh, an incident that would happen just because they put them on camera. And as a kind of a, like, watch this as I was at Kakana. Let's put this on here, you know, pick my 
phone up and I started taking a picture and it didn't even take a half a lap and there's a big pile up all of a sudden. Well, what the heck is there? Is there something with this? You know, well, so um, I ended up continuing doing this and, uh, and I get scolded by the fans sometimes and say, put that phone away. But then when the incident happens, they turn around and say, did you get that? And I, uh, yeah. And it seems like I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm seems like I'm rather good at it. Um, so I, I put stuff on Facebook and a lot of guys, um, appreciate it down in the pits, you know, they're working on their cars and stuff like Jesse out and he says, when I get home after the races, I go home, I lay down in bed and I watch your videos and, uh, down at Slinger, uh, Steve Apel's crew, they came up and they said, there's three things in the world. There's God, there's Steve Apel, and there's Mark Allen's videos. And I go, come on, guys, really? You know, and, oh, they're dead serious about that. So it's it's a big hit. Um, it's to enhance and promote racing. I don't do it for myself. I let anybody that wants to share my videos, I say, just go for it. You can do whatever you want. I enjoy doing it. Um, I think my phone right now is probably maybe on its last leg, and I might have to upgrade to a new phone. But uh, so many people look forward to that, and um, I I learned through the um, through uh, learning curve of uh, watching what I say, <laughs> uh, making sure that <laughs> making making sure that I don't say the wrong thing. I've had some growing pains with that, where a lot of times I come home and I don't realize what I said until after I watch them, but I actually put them out, you know. If a, if a vehicle gets put on a record and by the time they get back to the pits, it's already on Facebook. I already will, will put that on there and they can look at it. Um, it's caused some controversy um, through, the, through the day, but uh, it's all in good. Um, I think everybody pretty much appreciates it. And, uh, and I believe I'll continue to keep doing it as long as uh, – as long as it's not getting any controversy or it's not any fans that are not coming to the races. I've heard some say, why do you put that out there? Because uh, then you, you're, you're keeping fans away. And I just like, well, then you're not a real fan. If you don't come out to the track, you know, you, the smells and the sounds and the friendship and the, and the awesome people that are at the facilities that uh, you know, for that, that kind of a combat, I just like, I'm trying to get people to come out to the races and, and, and that's what it's all, that's why I do that. So I, I hope that it's all in good taste and people appreciate it. Yeah, I think you do a great job promoting the sport, Mark. And I'll never forget when we were at Milwaukee and my camera failed and I was like, hey, can you record this? And I think that's how your itch kind of got started. Because then I was like, can you record the start and kind of the restarts and some of the accidents that happened? And you took it to the ultimate level. I could never catch like a good accident on camera or anything, but there's times where you just catch the un most unreal accident. And it's, um, it's good to see, especially for me who sometimes is down in the middle doing the interviews and preparing and watching and I can't see everything. So then I'll actually go and watch your videos too. But I think you touched on something that should be um, important here. We're all doing it to promote the sport. And we're not doing live. We're not keeping people away from there. So I think you you do a great job recording that. And I think a lot of people appreciate it. And I'm glad to say that I may have started your problem. 
I like it when you're on the X and there's something that happens over in three and four, and all of a sudden I'll get a text. I'll say, "Did you get that?" <laughs> yes. You know, ninety-five percent of the time, I use well, even maybe more than that, I usually do pick that up. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, something that I do. A lot of people say that I probably should get into it more. Um, I don't put anything on YouTube. I just will not do that. If somebody else wants to take my video and put it on YouTube, fine. That That's fine with me. Whatever you want to do with my videos. But they're 100% shareable, and they can do whatever they want with them. Um, so, yeah, but it's all about promoting racing, and uh, and, uh, and I'm glad a lot of guys really, uh, really do appreciate it. Well, and I think that's a great way to segue into ending this discussion here. Like I said, we could go on for days, but that's our goal with this is just to promote the sport, have some good fun with it. I know when I started Double L Sports Network, my goal was to promote racing, promote the other sports I love, the football side of things, basketball, maybe even hockey, but for sure racing. And uh, I'm, I'm sure lucky to have a friend like you to be able to do this with and to be talking racing and bringing up good memories. And I look forward to seeing what the future holds with this. Um, as far as Double L Sports Network, I'm hoping to do some NFL stuff here starting up shortly with the NFL draft happening next week. So uh, be on the lookout for something like that, maybe even tomorrow. All right. Yeah, I'm all for that. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it too, man. I love talking racing, and I love your friendship, man. And, and you know, uh, one thing was uh, my buddy Guy, who, who just passed away, yeah. he knew uh, he so many people that were down in the pits. And I got to meet uh, a lot of people, and you know that that guy knew that I would just walk up and guy would talk to, and I would just stay off to the side and just you know keep your mouth closed and listen. And I do that a lot. It's amazing what you can pick up just by just listening to uh, what goes out there. And uh, I met a lot of people through guy, and uh, and I really appreciate him. And he'll be he'll be missed this uh, this year. Um, my right-hand man there, you know, he, he worked out as a good designated driver for me at some times too. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a different kind of year for that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate your friendship, man. And, uh, yeah, many more years of racing. Let's uh, let's keep her going. Yeah, absolutely. When you brought up the Flamingo, I thought about Guy because uh, there was one night where just him and I went out and uh, had some fun at Oktoberfest this year. So uh, we'll miss him, and we, we do miss him every day. And, there's often times that I think about his eyes talked about just life and we had a good talk about racing and how to, how to promote the sport more, what's better for the sport. So uh, I sure do miss that at times. And like, like everyone, um, our podcast always goes out to the people that we lost and, and love and all of that. And I was thinking about him a lot when, when we were talking about this. So, yep, we, we, we surely do miss him, but, Yep, I, I love your friendship too, buddy, and uh, we'll keep rolling. Yeah, guy's passion was just about as much as uh, as us as you know, same thing. So absolutely, you know. But um, so, yep. Other than that, um, hey, great show, good talking, a lot of memories that just kind of <laughs> came and shot from the hip here. No notes or nothing like that. Just like throw it out there, and and that's what it's all about. And I look forward to seeing everybody and anybody out at the track once we get her going again. 
Yes. Yeah. It's amazing that we did over an hour show about just off the cuff and thinking about our memories and how we're involved in our stories and all that. But that just speaks to all the memories we have and everyone that's been involved. So I appreciate everyone. And, and uh, yep, I look forward to seeing everyone as well. All right, let's go uh, racing tomorrow noon Fox. They're going to run Richmond on the I racing. So that's something to look forward to. So we'll do that tomorrow and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later on uh, uh, down the week here. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go racing tonight too. How about that? All right. I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> Just speaking about that. We never even talked about I racing. Wow. We'll have to do another show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a few memories we could talk about that on there too. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, thanks buddy. And, and thanks for everyone for listening to loose logs and be sure to follow. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Lauren Leach, L O R A N L E E C H also LL sports network at LL sports network. And on Facebook it is LL sports network as well. So be sure to follow those. Where can they find Sounds you? good. Um, just plain old Mark Allen at, on Facebook. Uh, let me know who you are. If you're a racing fan, if you're brand new, I've got so many racing friends. But uh, if you're new and you want to watch my videos or whatever, you have at or I've got so many videos uh, right now that I don't even know how many I've got. They go <laughs> way back, way back to, to the Snowball Derby, way back then uh, if I – I uh, went and loaded all of that. So, but uh, if you want ultimate racing videos, I got a ton of them on there. So, so yeah, Mark Allen at Facebook. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. Stay yep. safe. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.